Chapter Ten of Eight Girls and a Dog by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The plays to the thing. Once started, the play monopolized all the interest and attention of the club. Aunt Molly was called over, and the great project was laid before her. Why, it will be lovely, girlies, she said. What can I do to help? We need sympathy and advice, said Marjorie, with the judicial air that marked the Duchess's serious moments. Oh, I'll give you those, said Aunt Molly, but I want to be of more material help. Suppose I provide you with an audience. Yes, do, cried Betty. Ask the Marlows and the Hilseys, and those nice people who live on the other side of your house. I forget their name. But we can't sing this foolishness we've written to a lot of strangers, said Nan. Indeed we can, responded Marguerite. The Blue Ribbon Club can do anything, if it makes up its mind, too. The music would be prettier if we had some men's voices in it, said Nan, who was looking over the written sheets. It's all so high and light. Uncle Ned sings a fine baritone, said Marjorie. Do you suppose he'd help us out, Auntie? Of course he would, answered Aunt Molly heartily. He'd do anything in his power for the lambs, as he always calls you girls. Let's write a part for him, then, said Hester. What could he be? What is the plot of your play? asked Aunt Molly. The girls looked at each other blankly. Why, it hasn't a plot, said Nan. Do plays always have to have plots? You see, we've just written songs for each of us in the characters we've assumed down here. Then I don't exactly see how Uncle Ned could be brought in, said Aunt Molly, smiling. He can't be brought in. He'll just have to come in, said Betty. Like a burglar, said Nan. We've expected one ever since we've been here, and we may have as well have our expectations realized that's not a bad idea said hester the play of course will represent all of us girls here in this cottage and uncle ned might appear as a burglar a nice kind one you know like editha's burglar yes and he can be real affable and social and sing solos as he prowls about for his plunder now that seems more like a plot let's do it said nan out came the paper pad and pencils and genius was set to burning all of which resulted in several songs for uncle ned whose consent to the plan was fully guaranteed by aunt molly the amiable burglar was destined to enter through a window while singing this solo to the tune of robin adair robin a bank i am a burglar bold fearless and frank from fate's insistent hold fortunes i yank while honest people sleep when cats their vigils keep forth on my raids i creep robin a bank what's petty larceny to robbing a bank what sneak thievery to robin a bank how else is burglary what it's cracked up to be herein is joy for me robin a bank here meet on boodle bent men of each rank burglar and president cashier and crank then when the deed is done canada ward we run oh but it's lots of fun robin a bank 
on finding himself fairly in the dining-room of hilarity hall he is seized with compunction at being obliged to rob such a charming and dainty home which causes him again to break forth into song burglar song i'm a tender-hearted chap and i do not care a rap for my dangerous profession taking underhand possession of the plate silver plate and i do not think it fun to burglarize the timid one but i think it is my duty to obtain the costly booty of the great rich and great so i will fulfil my mission softly with expedition i my hobnailed boots have taken off for fear the girls will waken for it's late very late those are beautiful verses said aunt molly who knew as much about poetry as a hop toad and uncle ned will be perfectly delighted to sing them when do your rehearsals begin to-night said marjorie growing presidential of aspect look here girls if this is going to be at all it's going to be a success with a big s you hear me we do shouted the other seven then listen further there's no use of our fussing with these verses for hester and nan are quite capable of making them up alone so let them finish the libretto of the play as they call it i call it an operetta now for the stage manager i appoint betty and she can get any one to help her who will but they must attend entirely to staging the whole thing look out for scenery lights and all that the costumes i put in the capable hands of marguerite and jessie who know more about clothes in a minute than the rest of us in a thousand years helen of course is the orchestra if she can get any one to help her so much the better millicent and i will look after the supper for i'm sure you'll need one after this wonderful performance to say nothing of the audience who i feel sure will be utterly exhausted bravo marjorie cried aunt molly you're a manager and no mistake now i'll help any one or all of these committees call on me for anything and you'll find me willing if not always capable hooray for aunt molly cried marjorie and all responded with a will then marjorie and jessie put their pretty heads together in planned costumes for the young actresses that were to be dreams of beauty but how can we get all this tarlatan and stuff said marguerite i'll run up to new york said jessie i can go in the morning and be back by six o'clock and you know the success of this thing depends as much on the costume effects as on the music betty announced that her committee of stage managers would be increased by the addition of aunt molly and uncle ned and this proved a wise arrangement for it ensured attractive stage settings and a curtain and footlights that worked beautifully hester and nan feeling the burden of the libretto heavily upon them went to work and soon achieved a jolly duet for marguerite and uncle ned whose voices were most harmonious the air was from melcado the words were these chaperone burglar a duet burglar there's beauty in the trade of burglary 
there's a subtle fascination that i feel as i search from ground to attic i admit a thrill ecstatic as long as there's anything to steal chaperon yes i have a kindred feeling that there's something nice in stealing as long as there's anything to steal chorus if that is so sing deary down deary it's very evident very our tastes are one while we'll dance and sing so merrily tripping and happily skipping till set of sun burglar the darkness has attractions oftentimes electric lighting has no charms for me though i must say when i am scooting that the merits of quick shooting have often struck me very forcibly chaperone yes although i cannot stifle my objections to a rifle yet its merits sometimes strike me forcibly chorus this was pronounced so clever and was sung at the rehearsal so prettily by marguerite and the amiable burglar that the lowbredest wrote another duet for the same voices chaperone burglar a duet chaperone prithee gentle burglar tell me tell me true hey but i'm curious willow willow wally all the strange adventures that have happened unto you hey willow wally o oh. all your deeds discover oh my gentle rover hey willow wally o oh. burglar chaperone i've wallowed all my life in gore but hey she's curious willow willow wally you would shrink in terror if i told you more hey willow wally o oh. lift not the dark curtain from my life uncertain hey willow wally o oh. then the play began to assume a sort of plot a bit incoherent to be sure but still enough of a thread to string songs upon the burglar proved to be a most kind gentleman quite won the hearts of the inmates of hilarity hall and they in turn grew so fond of him that they wished to be adopted their plea was that all being nieces of the burglar's wife he ought to give them a home this was musically set forth by solos and choruses of the old tune of solomon levi solos and choruses oh i am the capable chaperone i'll come at your command and i will rule with a rod of iron this rollicking frolicking band and i'm the shining scullery maid i'll keep your pan so bright that your kitchen will seem a golden dream and your scullery your delight chorus oh mr burglar take us to live with you dear mr burglar take us to live with you we're nieces of your wife you know you ought to care for such and besides we are very capable girls and we could help you much so you must see what a scheme it would be to let the sisters come and we'll do our best to make a success of mr burglar's home and i'm the capable camera fiend with you i'd like to live and though i would take most everything i won't take a negative and i'm the wandering minstrel and my banjo i will bring and should i give you a minstrel show i'll play for you and sing chorus and i'm the popular poet should there ever come a time when you will not listen to reason i will make you listen to rhyme and i'm the snipping snuffer 
and I know what I am about. Should any flame of anger rise, I'll quickly snuff it out. Chorus, I am the peregrinating peeler. I will peel your onions well, and when the dinner's ready, I will gladly peel the bell. And you must see, and we all agree, when everyone else is took, you'll certainly make an awful mistake unless you take the cook. Chorus, the burglar appalled at the idea of introducing eight merry maidens into his quiet and secluded home, voices his indignation in a baritone solo. Burglar's song. Oh, you must admit that it's not a bit the theme for a jovial song. That a man should be merry is obliged to carry his wife's relation along. And I do declare that it makes my hair stand up in the wildest twirls when I pause on the brink and stop and think of the appetites of those girls. Chorus For the cooking club eats all night, and the cooking club eats all day, and you don't think that you would shrink from boarding them without pay. Shall I tear my hair in wild despair and wipe my lacrimal glands and curse my lot that ever I got a cooking club on my hands? So great those girls' demands that my lacrimal glands I shall pipe and rave when I find I have a cooking club on my hands. I shall have no rest for Hurley's best, and they will crave from morn till night and express their wishes for dainty dishes, not offering me a bite. They will make it a habit to cook Welsh rabbit in the hours we and small, and again I vow I don't know how I shall stand the expense at all. Chorus But notwithstanding his misgivings, the burglar takes the eight sisters into his palatial home and installs them there, whereupon his great remonstrances with them for their great extravagance calls forth this musical gem, the burglar song. The burglar blows about the clothes and costly jewels the girls are getting. He swears and scowls and groans and growls, his previous contract sore regretting. Blow, burglar, blow! Send the wild sisters flying. Blow, burglar, answer echoes. Flying, flying, flying. Oh, hark, oh, hear! How loud and clear! And louder, nearer, matter growing. With direful threats about his debts, the blustering burglar is still blowing. Blow, burglar, blow. Send the wild sisters flying. Blow, burglar, answer echoes. Sign, sign, sign. Although his tread may wake the dead, although his voice with rage may quiver, will never stop from shop to shop, will buy forever and ever. Blow, burglar, blow. Send the wild sisters flying. Blow, burglar, answer sisters. Buying, buying, buying. This declaration of independence meets with favor among the extravagant eight, and they indulge in a gleeful chorus. Sing a song of samples, pocket full of stuff, four and twenty patterns, but we haven't got enough. When the shops are open, the girls begin to flock. Isn't that a pretty piece to make a pretty frock? The burglars in the tantrums, cause we spend his money. He's always in a fidget, cause creditors are dunny. 
but the sisters are in clover and you may suppose sitting on the parlor floor choosing summer clothes as millicent positively declared she could not sing a solo nan wrote a recitation for her and one of the gems of the whole performance was millicent's well-rendered monologue all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players but lovely women with her witching wiles far better acts her part than awkward men with clever ready wit she takes her cues adapts herself to each and every role is sad or merry grave or gay at will innates with equal ease the pert sobrette or blushing ingenuine or tragic queen and in her time plays many various parts her acts being seven ages at first the infant noting the ribbons on her nurse's cap and then the schoolgirl with her shining braids and spotless pinafore conning her task rising from form to form until she blooms in cap and gown a sweet girl graduate and then the lovely debutante all smiles and airy chiffon gowns and ribbons white and flowers and fans and just a trace or two of sentiment embodied in a note or faded flower or treasured photograph and then the beauteous belle of all the ballrooms heroine of several winters clever cool graciously kind to foreign noblemen seeking a title role lest she remain as now a peerless beauty then the bride in fair white trailing robes with orange blossoms priceless ancestral lace and family pearls with blushing downcast glance and modest mien unthinking vows love honor and obey and then the widow in her dainty weeds whose youthful charms and coquet glance belie her stalwart sons her matron's voice turning again to happy girlish tones so well she plays her part last scene of all that ends the strange eventful history the dowager with jewels and feathers decked eager to gossip eager to hear the latest scandal seeing everything through glasses darkly charming to the last a wondrous masterpiece of modern art false teeth false hair false skin false everything End of chapter 10